Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us our show on the show today, our guest is Mr. John Rogers with Anytime Fitness, two locations coming to you from York and Longs, South Carolina. John, what's going on, sir? How are you today? How's it going? How are you doing? I am very well. I am particularly excited to dig into this uh, because of the multi-location factor here. And I think there's a lot of differences when people go from running one club to, to running two. So we'll certainly pick your brain on that. Before we get into it, I, I don't think much work is required to explain what Anytime Fitness is. The brand is, is pretty well known at this point, but I'd love to hear how you landed with Anytime Fitness. And so take us back down memory lane here to, to the day that the idea started swimming around your head. I think I'm going to open up my own club. What was going on for you and how did we get here? Um, the, the opportunity came because of COVID. Um, I lost my position at a, uh, um, a gym in North Carolina where I was working. Um, I wasn't too upset about losing the position, but, um, it came with obviously a fear. What are we going to do next? Uh, luckily, um, I had the opportunity to look into anytime fitness, uh, because of my fitness background, I got approved pretty quickly by them. Uh, yeah. um, and then, to be honest with you, the day I lost my job was the day I signed the paperwork for Anytime Fitness. Um, this is a, I've always wanted my own facility since I became a personal trainer uh, and worked in my first club. Um, and this gave me the opportunity to own um, something that I didn't have to build out myself. Um, that had support with it and great support. I worked for an anytime fitness when I was a young trainer. So I knew the support that already came with it. Um, and I just, at this point in my life, it was exactly what I wanted to do. Um, had a great opportunity to be a part of this great organization. Yeah. And so with various experiences in it and various experiences in the industry in general, we landed on the idea. I'm going to open up my own club. This was 2021-ish. Is that about uh, right? 2020. Okay, so 2020, we lost our our previous situation because of COVID. Like you said, same day I signed the paperwork to get the ball rolling. With any time, we were bought in. We were ready to go. Yep. Talk to me about your experience starting a club from scratch what was what was some of the the highlights that stick out in your mind um well obviously with it being covid uh right in the middle of covid um it was it was pretty unique um you know we uh we ran into some issues when it came to like the build out getting um getting the paperwork done properly with the county to get the permits all those things took a little bit longer um, so our, our build out took a little bit longer than what it should have uh, just because of the situation. Um, now in South something Carolina, always, something always comes yeah, up. In South Carolina, it wasn't a big thing when it came to people working in the same space. South Carolina really didn't close too much with COVID. Um, but because of the fact that so many people moved here during that year and, and the past couple of years too, builders weren't available. 
certain contractors weren't available and we had to just wait. Um, it extended my pre-sale from a three-month pre-sale to a six-month pre-sale, mm-hmm. um, which honestly, it was fine. Um, it, it, we ended up with a very high pre-sale account um, of members, um, a lot of people eager to get back into the gym. Um, I would say the you know one of the things I was able to learn from that, uh, especially because of plans to have another one built, is to just be patient. Um, I definitely was, I'm not the most patient person in the world when it comes to certain things. And this made me absolutely have to learn that patience because I can't control if a, uh, a certain, you know, electrical box doesn't come in for six weeks, you right. know, it has to be there. You know, I, I can't yeah. control that. Um, so that, that there was frustration. These are things that you don't think about when you're yeah, starting, about starting a gym. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know how much construction is going to go into this. Um, so, you know, learning that moving forward um, is definitely something that I was, I'm going to be able to take from uh, when it comes to a build out process. Um, and I was able to take that into purchasing my second location too, uh, especially since I purchased an existing one. Yeah, um, tell us about that because that's a, a completely different process to starting yeah. your own. Give me the same kind of rundown, kind of the highlights or, or pros and cons in your mind from taking over an existing business. Well, that came from our success with the first one. Um, I am pretty ambitious and I want to move quickly when the opportunity presents itself. And I was either going to purchase a second location and build out again, or I was going to find one that uh, could be more investment-like. The one I found um, is three hours away from where I live in my original location, but um, the person was kind of desperate to get out of it. And, you know, it's come with a lot of, um, a lot of difficulty because when somebody's desperate to get out of something, they're also not taking care of something. Yeah. They're desperate so, for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the nice thing is, is having the Anytime Fitness brand, um, having a lot of people I can talk to within the company, especially other owners and stuff like that. I can get a lot of ideas to overcome of a lot of problems. And some stuff just came from my own personal experience, the way something looks, the way something's organized, uh, the gym layout itself. I mean, that's always that's a problem that a lot of people don't think about. Um, and I did buy it from somebody that didn't have gym experience when they bought it themselves. I see. And, you know, those yeah. are always completely different types of facilities. You can always kind of tell the difference. And um, the biggest thing I'm working on now is having the patience that we have to rebuild the brand within that town. And yep. that's going to take time. Oh, and yeah. we're, we're doing a decent job at it. Um, it is a much smaller club. It's one of those clubs that's only uh, 3,500 square feet. Okay. And that, that itself comes with a little bit of difficulty too. You know, space becomes a thing. So my, my, my idea of profit at that location is different than profit at my original location. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, but I mean, it's everything from there was no personal training available at the one I purchased. Uh, for four to five years so we've re-implemented that a blank slate yeah <laughs> yeah um, there's a lot you know I just uh, finally was able to get somebody out to fix equipment update equipment put new things on uh, I've bought some new pieces of equipment for it I, one of the weirdest things to say is I made it brighter in there it was very it's, dark yeah it matters to people um, you know I, cre- I was able to create natural light um, that wasn't in there previously. Um, 
and that's changed things dramatically. Um, yeah, I want to well, just pause you for a minute yeah. there and kind of unpack a lot of this because there was yeah. there was so many good nuggets there along the way. First and foremost, I, I talk all the time about this being a, a valuable aspect of Anytime Fitness and that, yes, it's a franchise, but there's a lot of operating creativity that they allow you club to club. But in the sense of us taking over another club, sometimes that plays against us with a previous owner that that wasn't as ambitious or wasn't as attentive, whatever the the situation may be. And you, it sounds like you pretty quickly found out even six months into owning this club, there's a lot of things that we have to undo before we can even start building into the future. And so it's a much longer term project, even though the, the bones exist there, right? Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I knew that going into it from the first time I walked into the facility, but I could I could envision what I could make it. Yeah, and uh, which is important. Yeah, so like I could see where where people were put off by it, um, and the age of it definitely was one of those things. And eventually, we will have to, we will remodel the whole place, give it a nice facelift, uh, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But there's things we can do before that happens to still make it more inviting. Yep. Um, and like I said, I added, I, I, you know, there were 48 burnt bulbs that I had to replace in the ceiling. I, I mean, that's a ton of light. There was and no getting, getting up in a ladder yeah, or yeah, some exactly. sort of machine to lift you. It's a, it's a big, yeah. yeah. And, and, the all the windows were covered, um, with, uh, window style advertisement completely covered. So it, it made it really dark in there. It made it when you walked in a place where like you didn't know if you really wanted to be, especially for an anytime fitness. In anytime fitness, we got a little bit brighter colors. We got more light. Um, we, we try to be more inviting uh, from that aspect to all aspects of, of people in the fitness world. Um, you know, if it was, you know, that dungeon type of gym, the lighting would have been perfect, you know, yep. but that's not, not that product. product. Not at all. Not, it's not that um, so that's definitely been a, a helpful thing. Um, and like I said, I was able to envision it. And, you know, there's more stuff that we talk about all the time when it comes to what we envision to make that club, uh, especially with the difficulty of space. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be different than what I do with um, the, the club that I uh, started with in Longs. Yeah. I What's can't the size of that one? Uh, 5,000 square foot. Okay. So, yeah, that 1,500 is a, a big delta there. <laughs> I have um I have a thousand square feet of turf in my longs location. Yeah, I have that's a completely different yeah. offering then. Understood. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's it's one of those things where, um, yeah, it comes with its challenges. Um, but like I said, it was it was a good opportunity. Yeah. Um, and it's teaching me a lot of how to you know, even how to hire people is teaching me a lot. Now, so, from a, a growth perspective on all of this, John. Obviously, starting a club from scratch, we need members coming through the doors. But it sounds like with the second one, we had plenty of opportunity for growth as well. And we'll get into the the personal training component on this here in a minute. But just from a, a membership and an EFT perspective, what have you found to be successful for you guys just to, to get some interested party through the door? Uh, number one, just letting them know we're under new ownership. Uh, the previous ownership didn't know they were coming down to the wire if they were going to sell or close. Um, so a lot of people quit because they thought they were, they were closing or they left. Um, mm. 
in the summer and started using other anytime fence locations, which means that their membership transferred to that location um, or they went to a completely different gym altogether. Um, so we're starting to get those people back. Uh, we've had a lot of people transfer back in. Um, and then now our goal is to rebuild our community profile, uh, let them know what we're offering different, um, how we're trying to run things, you know, better, um, and make it more appealing for them to come back in. Uh, so, uh, which is difficult. That takes time. You know, I, I think of it kind of like my six month pre-sale that I have my, uh, original location is, you know, people got to know I'm there first then they have to learn what we offer and how we offer it and what they get with a membership. I'm just taking that, um, kind of starting to take that same approach. We're getting back out to the community, our members that are there, we're getting them to be our cheerleaders again and letting the community know that, hey, we did stay open. We're under new management um, and we're trying to make this place exactly where you want to be. So yeah. that will take time. Um, and that I think is the biggest uh, difficulty in it. Um, you know, when you fix something that's neglected, it takes time for people to trust it. Again. So, yep. How do you get that message out there? Is this paid advertising in some sense? Is this social media organically? Is this direct mailing has been successful for people? What, what's been your go-to strategy? So that's one thing we've been trying to pay attention to over the past past few months. I'm always asking my general manager um, who's doing our signups up there uh, when somebody signs up, hey, how'd they hear about us? Mm -hmm. uh, right now, it's almost 100% word of mouth from our current members. They're telling, they're telling past members, hey, they stayed open. Hey, they're in a new management. Hey, this new equipment's here, stuff like that. Um, I do use um, Anytime Fitness resources for like, third-party help in uh, social media, but I want to be honest in that area, we're not getting a ton of social media interaction or even online interaction. Um, so most of the people are just walking in uh, because they found out we were staying open. Or like I said, the people that, that are transferring back is, oh, stayed open. They prefer to come to our facility instead. Yeah. It's an interesting dichotomy in our space because I think in small business, and this is a small business, regardless of the size of the facility, small business at the end of the day, the, the old adage is we can't afford to market and we can't afford not to market. You know, it's, it's not like anytime fitness is going to go head to head with the LA fitness, the 24 hour fitness, the crunch, whatever the, the variation yeah. is, they have much deeper pockets and bigger advertising budgets. So we need to be far more strategic one way is that we incentivize and, and lean on our members for referrals through word of mouth. Uh, and then there's any other number of strategies. You mentioned using Anytime Fitness resources for third parties or whatever that is. Do you think either now or in the future for either club or both, if this is the correct answer, it's going to make sense for you guys to invest a little bit more into marketing advertising whatever that looks like in the future uh yeah i mean we we look at numbers every month um like in my longs location um both social media and seo are incredible like we get a ton of people from that um it's in the myrtle beach area of south carolina so it's a very touristy area 
um, but it's also one of the fastest growing areas of the country when it comes to people living and moving to. So people are searching closest gym to me and we end up being a lot of that. Uh, in the York area, because it's been there for 11 years, um, you know, and that place is just now starting to get a little bit of growth uh, because it's up near the Charlotte, uh, North Carolina area. It's actually only 18 miles from Charlotte. Um, growth is starting to happen there. So, but we're still, we're seeing a little bit of interaction happen on the SEO. Um, so Google searches, not so much still on, on social media. Um, now that could be because of uh, age of the area. The age of the area is a little bit older in that area than it is uh, now here in the Longs area. Yeah. Um, so we're not seeing as much there. But you know, on the other side, we've gotten a few members just because of another member promoting us on their own social media. It all yeah. matters. <laughs> Everything um, adds up. You know. Oh uh, yeah. So I mean, right now, I, I look at both places separately. Uh, when I talk to other owners, I try to find out what they're successful with. And everybody seems to be a little bit different depending on the market that they're in. Yep. Um, I think it's very important that we pay attention to that instead of just going, hey, this worked here, so it's going to work for you. And that's that's another thing I like about Anytime Fitness is they don't push anything like that. Right. We mentioned earlier the the York location at one point didn't even have personal training as an offering. And Anytime Fitness nationally as a brand, at least, has really hit this pivot hard to be more of a coaching service than they previous were yep. years and years ago. What have you found or, or what at what point in the, the customer journey have you found success steering people towards personal training as an offering? Is this point of sale? Is this on the floor later on? Is this somewhat something else we didn't even talk about yet? How, how do we get people into PT? Right now it's been a mix. Um, I do use another third party company to promote a six week challenge there. Um, so that's helped um, word of mouth. Um, and then we started finally getting personal training clients around January, uh, late December, January area. And so we're three months, four months into having some of these and we're seeing our, my trainer there is incredible. Um, and he's seen a lot of great success with people. So now we're, we're at the point now where we can show off success. So that's going to be a new form of advertisement that we can do for personal training is saying, Hey, here's the results. Um, so that's, that's been good there too. Uh, honestly, you know, again, I was trying to figure out the market. It's, it's, there's not a ton uh, of places to go uh, in that area, uh, especially for personal training. In the town itself, we're kind of the only personal training service. Um, there's one other large facility there, but they don't do personal training at that one. Um, so we're able to kind of capitalize on that, but people are a little iffy because people that have been members for six, seven years, saw trainers come and go, nobody lasted. Um, yeah, that reputation is hard to, to unwind. Exactly. So, but we're getting to the point where I've had the same trainer in place since November. So now we're going five months in and he's there more and more. So people are realizing, no, this guy's for me. This guy is here for this. He's, he's not off doing other stuff. He's, he's there. He's there working. He's there helping people. And because it's a small facility, if you're in there while he's training somebody, you see it. Like there, there is no hiding it. Um, so that's creating more, 
Um, and honestly, we've been great uh, taking over. We've had a lot of support by people that were so afraid the gym was going to uh, not stay open that they, like I said, became our cheerleaders. Um, and they are just out there on their own telling people we're open. You need to get back in here. The new staff is great, all this. And that that's, that there couldn't be anything more helpful than a, a regular person like yourself telling you, hey, this is where I'm getting my success and this is why. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that that's what's working for us. And we're starting to see that trend tick up to where more people are becoming interested in it, more people that aren't members even walking in, getting a membership and interested in PT. So it's, like I said, got to be patient, but uh, we can see. Oh, yeah, it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn through and through. As you look forward with both of these clubs, John, is your focus as the owner more on building up membership in general? Is it PT for the next foreseeable future? Is it something that we didn't even talk about yet? What is what is the biggest opportunity for you? Um, biggest opportunity depends on location. So my Long's location, um, we're very blessed to have already have over 1,400 members, you know, and in, in just a year and a half for any type of fitness numbers, that's fantastic. Um, so there we really, really are focused on growing our PT. Um, my whole goal my entire career is just to help people. Um, I think that's the best way a fitness business runs is your f- number one job is to help people you'll make the profit because you're helping. You're, you know, I think a lot of people go in that opposite. Um, but I think if we're not helping people, we're not doing our jobs. Um, so I think I taking the same approach in York will make it a little bit slower of a burn. But when people realize we're there to help you, um, even if they're not getting help, it makes a more comfortable environment. Um, and I think that will lead to more membership there. So York is about membership right now because that's the only way to lead to more PT um, and in longs it's finding out ways how do we get more people to take that PT jump some people are intimidated by the pricing of it some people are intimidated just because sometimes the way a trainer looks you know uh, so and some people are just uncomfortable it's so I was trying to make that facility uh, a positive place you know the best the best part of people's day that's what I tell my all my staff yeah. You need you need to be the best part of people's day, and they will be happy to tell the world about you. Yeah, so a lot of the time in these conversations that gets lost in the shuffle of absolutely. Uh, what are the what's the best marketing strategy? How do we sales technique to increase conversion percentage? And, and we lose track of simply providing value into people at the end of the day will will pay dividends for a long time so there's yeah, a balance. I, I, there's I tell balance. my I tell my staff which is mainly personal trainers between the two gyms minus one person um you know we need to not all celebrations need to happen on social media sometimes you just need to walk up to somebody that you see is working hard and has achieved something and just say hey I see what you've done you're amazing yeah and I mean, that's, and we do that. We do that all the time. We celebrate people's success, both on social media and just in private. Um, tremendous. Yeah. And it, that's what people want, I think, because, you know, for people, you know, I, I have, a, you know, a problem with weight in my, in my entire life. And when you tell somebody that's lost a hundred pounds, man, you are awesome. That's, that's all the validation they really need 
you know, because they're scared to talk to people. They were unconfident before. And then you just, you, you literally just validated everything they were doing by just saying some simple words. Um, and I try to make sure everybody knows that. And yeah, you get the people that are rude. You got to learn not to be rude back to them. Uh, you get the people that, you know, have no care for your facility. You're just a person that you're just closest to them. Uh, but if we can make our general thing and what Anytime Fitness is trying to do of us being coaching clubs, whether it's from our app, whether it's from our personal trainers, if a facility runs team training, whatever it being, that we're there for the members, that separates us from the rest of the pack. So that's what I always try to teach everybody. Um, any person, any personal trainer I've ever had, you got to be about the people and you'll end up making money and then you'll be happier because you're enjoying what you do. Yep. That is very, very well said and, and actually a pretty good place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up. But I do want to save a minute to have you tell people where they can learn more about your clubs. Do we have specific social media for these clubs? How can people connect with you guys? Yep. We're uh, York Anytime Fitness on uh, uh, Facebook. Um, we are AF York SC on Instagram. Um, we are Longs Anytime Fitness on Facebook, and we are uh, Longs at, uh, AF Longs SC on Instagram. Um, also, you can find us by just going to the Anytime Fitness website and typing in the zip code you're in, and that tells you the closest Anytime Fitness to. That's perfect. John, I really appreciate the, the insider look into your clubs and your perspective from the ownership role. So like I said, I'm, I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. We'll be we'll be waiting from the sidelines to see how this whole thing goes. And in the meantime, I wish you nothing but the best with it. Thank you very much. I appreciate you for having me. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Mike Etter, owner of Fit Body Bootcamp in West Palm Beach, Florida. Mike, welcome to the show. How are you today? Good, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're super excited to have you on here. Um, before we dive into, you know, how you run the gym, first tell us about what made you want to start um, a Fit Body Bootcamp. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So in the beginning, we we had wanted to start a big box gym, um, salon, you know, that type of stuff. We realized it wasn't as personal as what we wanted. Um, we wanted to hold, you know, in a sense, the member's hand, guiding them every step of the way as far as uh, proper form nutrition and and basically guiding them every step of the way. So when we came across Fit Body Bootcamp, it aligned, the vision aligned with that. So, you know, we still know what Fit Body Bootcamp, the rest is history. 
Awesome. Awesome. Love it. So for the listeners, describe Fit Body Bootcamp. So if no, someone's never been in before, never seen it, you know, how do you describe it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, it's a 30 minute workout that consists of strength and cardiovascular training. Um, you know, we have a quite diverse group. We have athletes, we have first timers, those with different types of injuries. And we really focus on proper form. We always have a second or a third exercise that makes it comfortable for everybody. And besides just the workouts, again, we guide them every step of the way as far as nutrition. Uh, we have access to our InBody 570. You know, we're literally holding our members' hand every step of the way and, and um, you know, really focusing on replacing body fat with lean tone muscle. Um, besides the physical stuff, you know, we really focus on the mental side of it. And we're just, uh, you know, basically a big family. You know, it's a big, uh, big party of positivity. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so tell me about, you know, how long have you been in business? When did you um, open this location? Yeah, so June's going to be four years. Oh, awesome. Um, you know, so to open up, you know, and then shortly after, you know, we had COVID hit, you know, we had to deal with the struggles of that. You know, we were like, on this climb up the mountain and then COVID happened, it like kicked us down. And, um, but it was basically, you know, COVID wasn't fun, but it allowed us to, to adapt, you know, so it forced us into the live stream. You know, we started doing live stream workouts. We were doing outdoor workouts and we basically adapted to the situation and, and made it happen as best as we possibly could. Yeah, totally. So tell me about your, your marketing strategies through the years. So how did it start off? How did you pivot in COVID? And then, you know, what do you do now? So we'll start with when you were opening, you know, how did you get the word out that, that you were going to open that location? Yeah. So in the beginning, um, you know, we were kind of under the impression that, you know, put on a party, you know, get a bunch of food, get some balloons and, you know, magically all these people are just going to show up. Well, you know, in reality, that's just not the case. Right. So, um, you know, by the time we discovered really on what to do, um, you know, we had bills coming in, we had rent coming in, and we were basically going upstream um, while trying to bring in members. Um, you know, to anybody out there, I highly recommend, um, you know, you have to build that email list in the beginning. You know, before you open your doors, you know, promote a challenge, um, you know, give free raffle giveaways, you know, you know, in reality, it costs ten to fifteen thousand uh, dollars to build that email list, and at that time, we just didn't we didn't know that. And um, you know, over time, we put that into play, and it's worked out really well for us. But what you want to do is you want to have that that email list built, um, have those members paying before you open your doors. Yeah, totally. Starting off with that member base beforehand can kind of give you a little bit bit of peace of mind too when you open that you know you're going to have people in the door. Um, but what do you do now? So now that you have, you know, an email list, how do you promote um, the business? Do you, you know, do email campaigns? Do you do any digital advertising? Tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, throughout the year, I like to always be running something. We have a, you know, a marketing company, um, you know, that helps us out. Um, you know, we go into the new year, new you, which is our next challenge, which is going to be starting. It's an eight week challenge. Um you know, it just really gives, um, whether it's somebody that's been with us previously and returning or somebody that's just completely new to, to workouts and, you know, they want to change their life. Um, we're basically going to hold their hand every step of the way for the eight weeks. 
And then outside of the challenges, you know, we'll have um, a low barrier offer. Um, you know, we have our three free days. You know, we constantly have something going on advertised on social media. Awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned you use a, a marketing company for your advertising. What's your experience been like um, with marketing companies? I've heard great things. You know, they bring in right, tons of good right. leads. Then I've heard they used to and that they don't. What's your experience been with, with yes, marketing? I mean, it, you know, in the beginning, you know, you know, we went on the news and, um, you know, we tried a bunch of different things and, you know, we, we met some people, you know, that promised us the world and, um, you know, in reality, some of those marketing companies, they, they really, um, didn't understand the brand of as far as where we were coming from. And it was just kind of cookie cutter and, um, you know, and then we come across some really great ones, you know what I mean? So you just have to do your research, um, you know, you know, find out how they can really help you. Because marketing's not cheap and you want to make sure that you're getting the most out of out of your money for sure. Yeah, definitely. When it comes to, you know, marketing dollars, what are you looking for? You know, more leads coming in or quality leads? What do you feel like is your your biggest focus right now? Um, I mean, in a perfect world, I mean, if you could get more and quality leads at the same time, that'd be great, right? <laughs> um, but you know, you know, not nothing's perfect. Um, I would prefer quality leads for sure. Um, but yeah, um, marketing is key. And, um, you know, in the beginning, that was something that we didn't realize. I, I know a lot of gyms out there don't know that. And, um, you know, to make the business survive, the marketing has to be there. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So let's say somebody, you know, clicks on one of your ads, one of your eight week challenges. What's the next step um, in the process there? How do you turn that lead in, into a member of the gym? Well, I mean, basically you have to, you know, do everything that you, you say you're going to do, right? <laughs> so, you know, we, we put out a lot of promises and we have to follow up on that return. And, um, you know, anybody that comes in here, you know, like I said, we hold their hand every step of the way. We make them feel comfortable. We make them feel safe. We push them, but we don't go past red line. And um, we have a ton of fun. Like I said, it's a big party of positivity. Um, you know, we teach them as far as nutrition and things that they just didn't know. You know, a lot of times, a lot of these members go into gyms, they're very intimidated, they don't know what to do. So we take out all the guesswork. Um, again, even if it's your first time being into a gym, um, you know, there's, uh, there's no ego here whatsoever. We're just uh, a big family. And we want to see everybody succeed. And, um, you know, we always talk about winning in the gym and getting those wins outside the gym. And um, so, yeah, there's uh, there's the mental aspect, the physical aspect, and um, and then, of course, delivering results. Yeah, totally. Going back to kind of like the structure of the studio itself, do your front desk people also do the selling? Do you yourself, you know, do the sales part or everyone kind of has a hand in it? How does that work? Right. So, you know, my brother and I, you know, you know, we have somebody that does accounting, but, you know, my brother and I, we, we basically do everything. And, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. It's one of those things where it's like, I kind of recommend, um, you know, in the beginning, but then also you need to, you know, delegate, you know, a lot of the things too, you know, you can't do everything yourself. And, um, but we've been able to save a lot on cost. Um, you know, I handle the early AM sessions, coach Tony handles the PM sessions. And, um, you know, I do a lot of the sales lead follow-up on phone and he does the computer stuff. And, you know, we make it work, you know, so, you know, it, we need to bring on more coaches. It's just, you know, good help, good help is hard to find. And uh, a struggle for me too is, has been tough to, to let go because it is your baby. Right. 
And, um, you know, it has to be a good fit for the rest of the fit fam. But, uh, but yeah, if we want to expand locations and things like that, we have to bring different coaches in here and expand that part as well. Yeah, definitely. I hear you on that. It's hard to give up, you know, you built this business for over the last four years. It's hard to give that control to anyone else and, and trust them to do right, what you've right. done so well for the last four years. So I totally hear you on that. Um, so what would you say are like the big goals in the studio for the next six to 12 months? You know, what are you really focusing on right now? Yeah, so we're we're at 200 members right now, um, which is great. You know, I would like to be at 300. Um, you know, I want to open up a second location, you know, 2023. And, you know, we want to continue to build off of that and then also some other things as well. And, um, you know, the goal is to to basically help as many people as we possibly can. That's awesome. What do you think is like the biggest thing right now um, that you would say is like the biggest bottleneck or biggest challenge um, that you're facing in getting to 300 members? <laughs> Besides COVID, COVID and all that mess, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. You know what I mean? It's, it's frustrating, you know, because, you know, my brother and I and, I'll, you know, majority of the gym members, you know, we all get it. You know, this is a lifestyle. And, you know, it's not really about motivation. It's about being disciplined. And, you know, we get members that come in and, you know, they're very emotional and, you know, they love it. They love us. And, you know, we better be here forever. So, you know, when you see people quit, um, it's very frustrating because we know eventually they're going to come back. But then all this time was wasted. You know, we put on 20, 30, 40 pounds and you know, you don't want to come back and say, I told you so, but it's, it's just one of those things where if we're going to make this a lifestyle, we can't listen to the brain. We have to show up regardless and we have to put in the work. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. And I feel like people realize that, but it can be from a business standpoint, frustrating because you might get in, you know, 30 new leads this month, but if 10 are canceling, then it's kind of like, you're always stuck around that same, you know, breaking point, plateau point. Yeah. So it comes down to like, what are you going to change? What are you going to do different um, to replace those people leaving or how are you going to keep them from leaving? So I think that's, that's where that comes in, but um, what is your you know method for retention? How do you keep your, your members long-term? Um, I mean, you, you have to deliver results and, um, you know, here at our location, I mean, again, we're like a family, um, you know, I'm downtown West Palm beach. So, you know, I wake up at three 15 in the morning. Um, our first session in the morning starts at five 15. So being downtown, you know, majority of our members, 90% are females. So, you know, at that early, it's still being nighttime outside. I like to go out to the, the corner, <laughs> that I call it. And, um, you know, meet and greet with the members. I just like to make sure that everybody's okay. Again, it's still nighttime. You know, it might be Thursday night. People are still out partying. And, you know, I don't want any kind of issues or problems. So, you know, it's just we're a family. We're, we're looking out for each other. So besides delivering results to our members, um, in reality, we, we are a family. We call each other the Fit Fam, and uh, we do everything together. That's awesome. I love that. And you also coach as well, right? Correct. Awesome. Is that something that you would always want to do no matter how big the business gets, or are you looking to kind of take a step back? <laughs> you know, more? three, three fifteen in the morning. Um, you know, that, that gets old. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a challenge and I, I always accept the challenge. I love that part, but um, you know, to expand other locations and stuff like that, I always want to be involved. Mm -hmm. um, I never want to be an owner that just, you know, kind of hides in its office and um, you know, so being involved is, is very important. Yes, totally agree. I think it's about kind of finding that balance between 
finding people to take maybe the hours that you don't want, but also being able to still network with your members and, and be part of the community. Cause I think that's important too. And they can see the owner in the gym and have awesome. that in a rapport. So yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, but what would you say is um, the biggest piece of advice that you would give to somebody who wants to start a gym? A lot of our listeners are, you know, prospective gym owners. If you could go back like four years ago, tell yourself something about owning a business. What would that be? Yeah, I mean, you know, marketing, I would say is is the biggest part of it. Um, you know, when you go into, you know, build out, I mean, you got to be realistic about it, you know, the build out cost, you know, what you're going to spend in attorneys, you know, to, to review, you know, whether it be a, a franchise agreement, um, anything like that. I mean, it's always going to be <laughs> a lot more than what you expected. And, um, you know, when it comes to the marketing side, you need 10 15 grand put aside uh, to build that email list. And again, you want to be able to open your doors with at least a hundred people already signed up. I mean, if you can have two, 300 people signed up, why not? And um, because once the bills start coming in, rent starts coming in, rent's not cheap, you know, you're playing catch up and you're going upstream. And I've seen a lot of gyms, you know, go out of business within the first six months. So marketing in reality is what's going to save you. Yeah. What have you seen, you know, going back to marketing, because that's a, a big focus in any business, but what's been the most beneficial for you marketing wise? What have you seen the biggest return on? Well, I mean, one, one is referral, right? So two, two going to the marketing, um, social media is, is key. Um, you know, the challenges have worked out really well for us, whether that be a six week challenge, eight week, 10, 12 week, um, you know, it gets the people fired up. We do prizes at the end. And, you know, after the challenge, you know, we, we get them to stay on, on full-term membership. And um, so, yeah, you know, starting out of the gate with some kind of challenge, you know, promoting the free raffle giveaway, whether that be one or, or up to three raffle giveaways, building that email list, and then, you know, put that for X, you know, this date to this date, and then, you know, announce those winners and then registration is live. And, um, you know, it's going to cost 10 to 15 grand. A lot of people, oh, you know, I'll just spend a thousand bucks, no big deal. Um, it's not going to cut it realistically. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, a good point for listeners who want to own a gym, you know, make sure you have that money set aside for marketing because it is, you know, what's really going to push your business forward. So I think that's good advice there. Um, save before. <laughs> um, <awesome. laughs> the, balloon, the balloons and food are not going to cut it, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the balloons and food are great, but if no one knows about them, no one's going to be there. <laughs> right, Exactly. So awesome. So you mentioned, you know, maybe wanting to own a second location. What do you think will be the biggest challenge when it comes to opening, you know, spot two? Spot two, um, you know, I, <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot easier, um, right? Because I've, I've learned the what to do and what not to do. And, you know, back to what we just discussed, you know, just getting that marketing in play, building that email list, um, you know, crossing off you know, those things in the beginning is, is going to make life so much easier. So, um, you know, going, going to a different area, you know, you know, again, coach Tony and I, we, we live and breathe this. Um, this is something that we do. It's not that, you know, we, we, we practice what we preach and it's a lifestyle for us. And, you know, all of our fit fam members here, um, out of the 200 people, we know them all by name. Um, they know that we're genuine about what we do. And um, I think that's that's very important um, coming into a new area, any area, um, 
you know, as their coach, gym owner, leader, they, they have to believe in you and, you know, they have to believe in, you know, what it is that you're saying. You have to practice what you preach. Yeah. I think that's, that's really good advice there. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty good place to, to start to wrap things up. But before we do, I like to leave on a positive note. What's your favorite part of owning a fitness studio? We get to, uh, you know, transform lives. I mean, it's, it's, it's very humbling, you know, to be in the, you know, community and, and, you know, to meet all these, you know, amazing people and, um, you know, the comments, reviews and, and just being a family. Um, it, it's amazing. Um, I, I didn't think it would get to this point, but it's truly humbling. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, that's the best part. Absolutely. Is the people that you meet and getting to see them, you know, build their confidence week after week and growing closer to each other. Um, yeah, it's really the only industry like it. So I totally agree. Um, but Mike, before we sign off here, where can we find you? You know, what's your social media for the studio? What's your website? Where can we follow along? We have Facebook, we have Instagram, West Palm Beach, Fit Body Boot Camp. Um, and again, we're the downtown location. Um, you know, phone number, you know, 561-246-9528. Um, again, whether you're a first-timer athlete, regardless, we will guide you every step of the way. Um, we'll keep you safe. Um, it'll be fun. And um, we won't only transform physically, but mentally as well for the better. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Mike, for being on the show today. We really appreciate your contribution to the podcast. Thank you, Hannah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. To our listeners out there, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today, we have Katie Georgiadis of Rockbox Fitness coming to you from Lexington, South Carolina. Katie, how are you today? What's going on? Hey, Joe. I am great. Glad to be here. I am glad to have you as well. Rockbox is not something that's come across my radar to this point, but an up and coming franchise. Before we venture down the rabbit hole of business and, and what that looks like from your role, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Rockbox is in your own words? Yeah. I started as a member and fell in love with Rockbox. So it's definitely easy for me to talk about this. It is a boxing, kickboxing, functional strength training studio. 
Um, we primarily offer group fitness classes, but have other offerings as well, semi-private and private training um, and things like that. And it is really just an immersive experience. you got lights going, music going, uh, a short term or a phrase we use is fight club and a nightclub. So it really helps you forget that you're working out and it's yep. just a super fun place to be we're we're selling an experience just as much as we're selling a health and fitness solution cool 100%. okay and so you alluded to to being a member before you ventured down the journey of ownership take us back to that because how these things get off the ground is imperative and how we set ourselves up for success or, or potential not success so for you, take me back to the, the day that the idea started swimming around in your brain of, hey, I think we could we could open up our own. What was going on for you and, and how did this start? Yeah, my husband and I were both members. And like I said, I'd just fallen in love with that as a fitness solution in our life. My husband was teaching third grade at the time and I was working in uh, leadership development in corporate America. And we were both unhappy in where we were. Um, and we had always wanted to do something entrepreneurial or go into business for ourselves, but the opportunity and timing just hadn't happened yet. And so um, my husband actually was the fuel behind the fire of saying, hey, I, I heard that Rockbox is offering franchises and like, could we do it? And I think I laughed like the first time and I was like, are you serious? You know, what, what are you talking about? And um, we continued that conversation and the next iteration of the conversation became a coffee date with the franchisors. And then the next thing I knew, the franchisors were sitting at my kitchen table with an FDD and we were we <laughs> signing quick. on the dotted line. Yeah. <laughs> So we move fast. Okay. When, what was the timeline of all of this? I, well, I know that we, we signed in 2018 and th there, there was probably three or four, maybe six months from that first, like, Hey, can we do this to we're doing it. So it was a pretty quick yep. endeavor, you know, getting from just a seedling of an idea to let's take this leap of faith and get it get it done, run our own business. How, tell me about your experience finding a physical location, renovations, build out, commercial lease side of things. What, how did all that go? Well, the other piece of the story is that because it was a franchise, there were specific territories and the territories were all sold out where we lived at the time, which was Charlotte, North Carolina. And so we had examples of other individuals living, you know, remotely from their studios and it working for them. So that was our plan. We were going to live in Charlotte and then come oh. to this, yeah, this new territory down here in Columbia, South Carolina, Lexington is kind of like a suburb or a small town um, next to Columbia. And so we would travel, you know, back and forth on these 13, 14 hour days, looking at spaces and thinking that that was how we were going to run our business. Um, and then the other element that I haven't mentioned yet is that I uh, 
got pregnant right after signing that FDD. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, but this is a lot all at Thanks. once. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a wild journey. And then to answer your actual question, um we were going to open in Colombia first and there was a development happening. We were kind of told, let's wait on this one. Um, because we had multiple franchise licenses. Mm-hmm. And so we toured a few spaces in Lexington and then fairly quickly got into the space where we are today um, with some guidance, a, a little bit of guidance, to be honest, not a ton. Um, and we've learned some some interesting things there as well. Trial and error is a, is yes. a leading factor here in our industry, yes. Okay. Yes. So at what point did we figure out that running the business remotely was not going to be the solution? It was about um, six months in. I oh, so we were doing it for a little while. Okay, we we were trying. Um, I I don't like saying that word, but we we tried our best. Um, I still had a full time job. Uh, the timing worked out such that I gave birth to my daughter three days after we opened our doors at our at the studio. And you, you timed all of this quite well. Okay. Yes. And, you know, I, I look back and it's like, of, of course I did. How, how could it happen any other way? Um, but due to construction delays and things like that, it ended up where I had something. her three days after. It's always something. So, so the picture was my husband was driving um, back and forth to Lexington from our home in Charlotte, 13, 14, 16 hour days, sometimes staying in the Airbnb overnight. And while I was at home with a newborn, I ended up going back to work after my maternity leave. And I remember walking through my office feeling like a zombie. And then after, you know, a couple months of going back, I remember making a call to him on the way home. He shared some of our numbers with me at the studio. And I, I remember I began just sobbing because we had worked so hard for pre-sales, you know, driving not down there back and forth, okay. not happy tears. Like our business was just failing yep. uh, because we weren't able to be there. We didn't know what we were doing and navigating me still working full-time, having a baby. It was just like, I look back and I don't even know how we got out of that space in our life. But um, I said, we have to move down there. And so that's what we did. We kind of rewrote our life in a way. Yeah. Well, we as a business are still here four-ish yes. years later. So I would assume that things went a bit better once we were in the area. Look yeah. back on on that time for a minute and and just kind of reminisce what's the biggest differences in your mind between the business when you first opened and the business now there are so many um the the evolution i mean we we did relocate down there this was pre-covid um in december of pre-covid and we were literally in a two-bedroom apartment because we still owned our home in charlotte um, with a, you know, seven month old and we more or less lived at the studio. If one of us was at the studio, one was with the baby and then vice versa. So we literally tag teamed the thing and we're doing all of the jobs. Um, we did have a, 
some support in terms of a manager and trainers, of course, but we did sales, we were managing as well, and then trying to figure out which way is up and down on the financial side, you know, everything outside of um, the business too. And we were there all the time though. So it was, you know, calls at 4.30 AM when the trainer calls out, like me going out in the dark, get into the studio and then who's going to watch the baby while we cover this class. I mean, it was, it was that. And then I looked to today where we have a fully staffed thriving studio where we don't have to be there if we don't want to be. And so that is the biggest, you know, piece of that evolution for me is how we've built up our systems, our processes, our staff, our community, and all of those things now are able to run like a machine instead of us being the ones to drive it moment by moment. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is more common than not in the fitness space is that people don't realize the effort and the energy and you mentioned the systems and the staffing that it takes to get to a point where said business owner is not ceo head of marketing head of sales head janitor head coach and every other title in between you guys were able to do that and so let's explore how all of that went down i think there's a, there's a good percentage of people that listen to this podcast exclusively for ideas of how to get some bodies into their business. You guys, I'm guessing, found something that worked over the time to be able to build all of these things out. What, what were some strategies that you leaned on from a, a quote-unquote marketing standpoint to get to where you are today? One of the biggest things we... we do run digital ads and um for a long time that was the only way that we got leads into our studio and i remember at one point we started diversifying basically how we got bodies in the studio like you were just saying um and there were a lot of ways that we did that one was referrals um and there are a million way to get referrals, right? Whether it's those new members that you're signing up, so referrals at the point of sale, um, sourcing your member base for referrals, when trials are coming in, are we asking them to bring someone with them? So referrals was one of the factors I truly believe that saved our business because they're free leads. And so really understanding that and then leveraging you know, all of the systems around getting referrals really helped us diversify how we're getting leads. Um, we also got out into the community. And so building our brand awareness, both through charitable work, as well as just being at places, right, and getting our name out there for people to see, getting leads that way also helped to diversify that lead flow. So we weren't completely reliant on that digital marketing arm. Um, there were times where we had to completely shut down our digital marketing because of, you know, things that happened in Facebook and our ads were not being approved anymore and lots of, you know, tribulations on that front and being able to stay afloat because we had these other tentacles, let's say, out there helping us get people in the door was um, one of our saviors at the time. Yep. To contrast that, I, I speak to a lot of 
gyms and studios similar to this who never even make it to the digital advertising side of things. I think it's just a skill set that is fairly foreign in our space for whatever reason. And people open gyms because they're above average personal trainers or coaches most of the time and not savvy business people. It is what it is for you guys, sort of a, a backwards journey on that timeline. We leaned on digital ads early on, but quickly found that if Mark Zuckerberg uh, decides on a whim to, to play with some algorithm and formula, it could really quickly affect the numbers coming into the business and the, the money leaving fast. We diversified through other means, referral strategies and incentivizing our current member base being the main driver. How did you guys implement that? And, and what were some specifics to, to encourage people to actually do so? Yeah. So I'll say um, the referrals at the point of sale was one of the most concrete ways that we've been able to consistently get other leads into our system and into our doors. Um, it was happening organically as new members came in and as people were seeing results, we were getting referrals, but being able to systematize it um, really helped us. And Essentially, how we treat that is it's an accountability program. It's a perk for becoming a member with us. We know that when people work out with friends, A, they're having more fun. B, it helps with retention because it adds to the stickiness when you're working out with a group. You have that community. So we ask people to go ahead and build out their community the minute that they become a member with us. And we offer them uh, an incentive, which is a seven-day all-access pass to Rockbox Fitness, and um, that allows them, and we call it, you know, kind of our accountability program. You're building out your accountability support system as you join our studio, and people are super happy to give those names. I mean, you get, of course, the some of the responses around, I just moved here, and, and I don't know anyone, and things like that, but for the most part, I mean, we're getting on average three uh, to four names per new member, you know, and when you're so signing up is inevitable. Yeah. 20, 30, 40 members a month, you're getting an extra potentially 120 to 150 leads a month. Yeah. So it really what is. What would you say is the, the breakdown now between percentage wise, digital ads, word of mouth, referrals type stuff? Um, it's about of our overall lead flow. I would say that digital ads still give us about 50 to 60% and then the other, well, probably more like 50%, I would say 30% probably comes from referrals and then the rest is organic. Got it. Okay. So we have a, a pretty diversified flow. Walk me through that actual process. You mentioned at point of sale and Point of sale in fitness has gotten a really bad rap over the years just for, for shysty techniques and, and sleazy motives. For you guys, we have this lead. Wherever the source is, we have this lead. Walk me through the checkpoints of what happens until that person signs up as a new member. Yeah. So 
from when they walk in the door or when after we've already kind of had that class experience? Start even earlier than that. We register a lead, somebody either opts into an ad or that previous person who referred them put their name down. What happens from that to even get them to the doors in the first place? Yeah. So the first thing is speed to the lead. Um, and that means let's get to that lead as quickly as possible. So if they opted in themselves, we want to be calling them within five minutes of getting the notification that we have someone interested in us. If it's a referral and someone gave us their name, we do give them the opportunity to text them first and let them know that we'll be reaching out. So we do uh, strive for kind of a warm handoff there. Um, if they're coming straight into our system, it's speed to the lead. You better be getting to that lead as quickly as possible. Hopefully they are still on their phone and see us calling them, right? Um, and then the, the next goal we have is to book them in for, we still offer a free class experience. So we um, book them into that free class experience. And uh, the goal is to get them booked within 48 hours. Um, we don't want to book anyone a week out, you know, anything like that, because they can lose that momentum and drive. We may never see them again. So we really try to get to them quickly and then get them in the door quickly. Um, now, once we book them then they go through our confirmation process, which is both informative and um, just making sure that they feel comfortable. Our goal in our confirmation process is to remove any uncertainty. Um, we know that people are intimidated to start this journey. They're intimidated to come to a new place, particularly a kickboxing and boxing gym can sound very intimidating for some folks. So we want to be as warm and welcoming as possible and then let them know that they're going to be with people that started just like them, that have the same goals as them. They may look different. They may be at a different place in their journey, um, but they're not alone, right, And what they're about to experience. And so through that process, we do try to uncover any goals and aspirations they have, whether it's around, you know, a physical goal or maybe a non-tangible goal be it stress relief or therapy, we do allow people to punch bags. So that's super helpful. Effective, yes. <laughs> um, it was For my clarification, this, this consultation process was before or after the class that they take? This is before. I see, okay. And all of this is in the effort to increase that show rate that we have, right, on the mm -hmm. leads that we're booking. Yep. So After um, that, they yeah. take this class. Yep. And then we, we talk continuation options from there. Is that correct? That's right. So we prescribe a program for them and uh, we try to keep that as simple as possible. We want to talk as little as possible. They should honestly, through our intake process, already be sold. Um, and if they're not, then, you know, maybe we miss something in, in the intake process, but we present some options for them and then they say yes and then we kind of go through our new member onboarding process which is really where we hit what I say are the differentiators of a good studio to a great studio. Um, you mentioned the bad rap that you know that experience at the point of sale oh, yeah. has, has left some people with and I, I completely know what you mean by that because I've been a victim to it in you know some places yeah. in my it's hard to um, undo so decades of, of fitness reputation. It is. And what I want that 
uh, new member to be feeling when they're up there at the front desk or they're, you know, somewhere in the studio getting onboarded is a celebration of the choice that they made that day to start bettering themselves because they've been thinking about it for three months, a year, 10 years, right? And they made the choice that day to get started. And that's a celebration of them um, and what they're about to see in terms of their results. So that is the uh, vibe, if you will, that we really try to embody when we're onboarding a new member. And so we are very transparent about here, here's what you're signing, here's what you're agreeing, agreeing to, does all of that sound fair, wonderful, now let's get onto the good stuff, which are your perks for joining. First being your accountability program. You know, you have the opportunity to hook your friends up, give them uh, a week of VIP access here at Rockbox. So we go through that process of getting those referrals. Um, we even give them some Rockbox swag if they're able to fill up the, our whole sheet that we have for them. So we do incentivize them. True incentivizing you. A little bit of fun way there. Um, but honestly, the mindset, I really want those new members to have the mindset of they're building their support and account accountability group. I don't really want them to give us names for, you know, a free shirt or shaker bottle because that's just a checklist where I want this to truly be an endeavor to bring in people that they think could benefit and know would want to like do it with them. So yeah. Um, I'm happy to get names on the paper, but I'd rather have a little bit more size. qualifications. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Beyond that, we're signed up. New members excited and ready to rock, and and you focused on getting some people in their life that they're close to also signed up with them to play into the accountability and the retention aspect of this. But what else? What other strategies, what have we implemented to impact that retention number? Yeah, community is is the biggest thing for me. And I know, I know we all talk about community and it's huge for so many people. What I heard one time that really stuck with me is that um, people can replicate pretty much everything else you do, but they can never replicate your community. And we focus a lot on building that. And there are so many ways down from micro actions that we take in the studio. For example, pairing up a veteran member with a new member, partnering people up on exercises intentionally, celebrating wins. We do class shout outs to let people know um, where people are in their journey where people are finding success in their journey. Um, so, you know, shout outs literally over the mic so the whole class can hear. We use names in all of our classes. We do group photos. We do community events. So we do a ton of work around really intentionally developing this. We have an, an online platform. I'm sure most studios have this, but an online Facebook group where we are very intentional about um, making it a fun, inclusive environment and it's all positive, right? Like we're celebrating wins, we're commiserating about what the trainer made us do, we're sharing our recipes and guides like that. So um, all of these elements down to entering and exiting every single member by name every single time, knowing what's going on in their lives, pairing them up with people, presenting them with brag boards, knowing where they are in their class count and milestones, 
um, drinking a beer together on a Friday night after that, you know, evening workout, like all of these things really add up to creating a thriving community where members really want to help each other, where it's not the trainer's job always to say, how is this going? But the members are holding each other accountable. The members are supporting and encouraging. And I think that that has really been what makes the difference for us over the past few years. And the other note I'll say about that is that I know community um, starts from within, you know, at the top and kind of trickles down. And so building community within our staff has also been a huge focus for us because we know that that is then going to echo into our members. Yeah, sort of Marriott Hotel's philosophy of take care of the staff and the staff will take care of the end user, you know? Yeah, exactly. I want to I wanna call attention to something that we didn't explicitly say, but I've picked up on in a lot of what you have communicated so far. And what I'm assuming the biggest difference between Katie being involved in all of these different processes early on and the thriving, successful business that you describe now is that for all of these things that I've asked you about, you have explicitly called, if this happens, then this, right? We have these processes and the documentation and the internal teaching of all of these different things allows Katie to be removed from a little of this. Because if you're just the central brain operating all of these things and no one else knows the processes, of course you have to be there every day. But if we have training and, and ongoing reminders that if this member completes this entire sheet, then we give them this swag bag. If somebody hits this milestone, then we do X, Y, and Z. That's teachable. We can recreate that. And I think, unfortunately, again, in our space in the fitness industry, so many people get caught up as gym owners working 70, 80, 90 hours a week, coaching all of these classes, doing all of these activities, because that's the piece that we miss. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do know what you mean, because we missed it for a while ourselves. And we, um, we ended up hiring a, a third party to help us because post COVID, it was almost like we knew what we needed to do, but we had no direction and no clarity about like what foot to put first. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was then that I got the coaching to say, you need, I don't care how it, looks or where it lives, but you need a document that says, what is your lead process from point A to point B to Z, right? And then what is everything that goes into that? And then I just started literally creating that document. And so um, it is a living document. It's not static. That's the other big piece of it. Even, you know, it's probably been around in my life for a couple of years now, but we are constantly changing, adding, right? So having that growth mindset and ability to adapt and change is another key component, probably no matter what work you're doing, let's be honest, but in the fitness industry, it's huge. And I, uh, that, that has really been another point that I have had to 
be okay with change um, and and you know really understanding how do you navigate it quickly and then what are all of the things that are impacted by even a small change yep right how does that impact my trainers how does it impact my members how does it impact this process and or this script and i think that end-to-end -end thinking is another thing that has really um helped me as a business owner but i is one of the biggest things I coach to my team, right? That's how I pour into my managers. Let's think this through critically. How, how does this impact every piece? And have we have we been able to, you know, change everything we need to to create that flawless experience for our clients? Yep. And that that involvement and that autonomy encourages growth if you just want to be a, a role player, maybe this isn't for you, you know? We need to think bigger than the position that we're in. Fast forward us here to, to today and onward here, Katie. Paint me a picture of where all of this is going. It sounds like we've, we've evolved quite a bit from the early days, but tell us a little of, of boxes unchecked in your business ownership mind. Where, where does this enterprise go as you move forward yeah so the evolution has been has been quick and it has been robust so i would say what comes with that are big lessons learned that we have in our tool belt but it now it's how do we how do we optimize the business right we have systems and processes and people and butts in seats now and and people that really want to help us drive the business forward so how do we optimize it and continue to streamline and reduce noise because i think yep. each year we get better and better and so this year is about focus it's easy to chase a lot of rabbits in this business and every time that we have had an ebb or a lack of clarity what I always come back to is refocusing on the basics. Simplify. That, yep. Yes, yes, that is what always gets us results. And I think once you hit a certain point in your business, like we have, you know, in the past, we then say, what else can we do, right? And you start saying, let's offer this service. Let's do this. And it can be very easy to forget about the basics of retaining your members. Yep of making sure your processes are you know being executed flawlessly and so you focus you know on something that might not be material to your business but because mm -hmm. it's new and exciting and so this year is about refocusing on the material things that move the needle for our business and really optimizing the business so that we can build our profitability, right? Grow revenue and then build profitability even more so than we have. So the bottom the line is is neglected a lot in our industry. I think people people get shiny object syndrome a lot like you talk about and chase that top line number. But it doesn't mean much if if the bottom line number doesn't follow suit. It's, Absolutely. Uh, it's an intricate process, but just building and, and refining and tinkering on those efficiency metrics, right? Conversion, if we go 50% to 60%, retention, if we go 10% to 6% or uh, 
attrition, excuse me, and we're able to maintain those numbers, this is going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of a year. This is meaningful money with just small, small changes in the end. So Katie, that is a, a tremendous place to begin to wrap our conversation up, but I do want to save a minute for you to tell people where they can learn more about your studio here. Is there a website? Is there social media links? Where can people go? Yeah. So we have our website, rockboxfitness.com is the franchise website, but then each studio does have a local page. So we're the Lexington, South Carolina studio. And then I would say our most active social media platform is Instagram and it's just rockbox underscore Lexington. And uh, that's where we house most of our content and show kind of what's going on in the studio on a daily basis and really highlight our member wins and all the fun stuff we do there. Straightforward and simple. Katie, this has been awesome. I, I genuinely appreciate the, the behind the scenes look at your interpretation of being a business owner in the fitness space. So I'm excited to see what the future holds for this studio and for you guys. And I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the invitation to be here and, and letting me share a little bit about our wild journey over the past four years. Wild, wild <laughs> journey. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.